Hey, hey, happy Monday. Welcome or welcome back to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Danielle from D the Biblio. You might remember her from last season. Today she's back so we can talk about our top 10 most anticipated books of the year. Hey, Gwen, I'm so excited to be back. I've been waiting for this day to come since we did our Banned Books Week talk. So I'm just excited to get into 2022 and talk about some of these anticipated books. Um, You can find me everywhere on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube, and TikTok, actually. I'm trying to try out the TikToks um, at be the biblio. Yeah, so I'm going to have your links, all your links, including your TikTok and the notes of today's show. And of course, I'll have all of my links in there too. And all the books will be linked down below. It's so funny, we were sitting down planning the episode and what books we were going to talk about and realized how many books we have in common that we're looking forward to. Now, let's be realistic. It's hard narrowing down a top 10 because I have like 50 books I'm looking forward to. Some of them I don't even know like, okay, I know that Samantha Downing's coming out with a new book, have no idea when, have no idea what the title is or the synopsis, but I know I'm going to read it. So, you know, there's lots of books out there that we're excited about. So these are just like 10. Are they really the top 10? Who knows? <laughs> you know, who knows? But these are ones we're really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say the same thing about Karen Slaughter and Grady Hendrix, that there are tentative dates out there, but I have zero idea what they're about. Yeah, or anything like, like I'm going to pick them up and I'm going to read them. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. And also like we did kind of do this in chronological order, like from January through the end of the year, but you'll see that we're very heavy in the beginning of the year because later releases don't get released until later. And, um, and then of course, mm-hmm. dates and stuff like that can change. But before we get into all that, um, chasing that five star feeling, I always talk about what's the last book you gave five stars to? Oh, the last book that I gave five stars to was, oh, I don't remember what the last one was. But the best one that I read last year um, was Sissy by Jacob Tobiah. Um, it's a nonfiction memoir about a non binary um, human being and their journey through coming out to their family and their friends and just figuring out who they are, what their journey is, what their purpose is. And oh, it was the best book. And the audiobook, they read it and it's just Oh, it's so good. It is so good. Yep, I need to read that story. So that's a good one. I'm so glad that you mentioned that one. Now this one's a little bit harder. What book has been on your TBR the longest? Or, you know, not maybe the longest, but pretty long. And why haven't you read it yet? Uh, So the book that's been on my TBR the longest has to be Tess of the D'Urbervilles by Thomas Hardy. It's a really old classic. um, And it was my grandfather's favorite book. And I really want to read it to honor him and, you know, get into that that life that, that he loved so much. He had all of Thomas Hardy's books in like 14 different medium. (laughs) But I just haven't read it yet because I'm so concerned that it won't live up to what I want it to be. (laughs) Pick your poison. What's your favorite book of all time, which I think we've talked about before, but maybe it's changed. 
Or who's your favorite (laughs) author? Uh, Okay, so I'm going to go with favorite author for this one because I we talked about um, the Nightingale last than the one last time. Um, So my favorite author, this is actually kind of surprise you, I think, is Sarah J. Mass. Oh, wow. That is surprising. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a thriller, horror junkie, but my favorite author happens to write fantasy. That is so, that is, that was shocking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was not expecting that, you guys. So she already threw a plot twist into today's episode. (laughs) Leave it to her. Okay. So Uh, are you currently reading anything? I am actually. I just started this morning um, stalking Jack the Ripper uh, by Carrie Benescalco. Not a fan of that book but I love anything Jack the Ripper oh me too I I just I want to get more into all of the lore that surrounds Jack the Ripper and you know bringing that story into more you know up-to-date things even though this is historical fiction yeah what about you oh my gosh let me tell you girl (laughs) I am currently (laughs) reading a book with a ridiculously long subtitle so I'm gonna try to say the whole thing it's American Kingpin the epic manhunt for the criminal mastermind behind the Silk Road and it's written by Nick Bilton B-I-L-T-O-N let me just say that I think that I am reading a book that will make it onto my favorite books of 2022. Already? That's how enamored I am with this book. (laughs) Yes, already. (laughs) Basically, it's the true story of a 26-year-old guy, Ross Albrich, who launched a website called The Silk Road where anyone could trade anything. Drugs, forged passports, counterfeit cash, poisons, whatever without being traced. And of course, it's the epic manhunt by the federal government to find the site's elusive kingpin. If you're into true crime, I highly, highly recommend this one. If you're trying to read more nonfiction this year, I definitely suggest this one. In fact, I'd say that if you're a reader... (laughs) You can give this one a go. It's just that good. It is, I can't put it down. Mm-hmm. I I cannot wait till we're done recording so I can go. I'm going to finish it today. I know I am because I'm literally obsessed. Um, yeah. I am highlighting the crap out of it just because it's so fascinating. And mm-hmm. the writing, like, it does talk about, like, programming and the dark web and, like, all these crazy, like, Bitcoin and, you know, all these things that I really don't know much about or understanding. But the thing is, when Ross started going down this path to create this website, he didn't either. So hmm. it's very approachable and, like, you don't have to be this, like, computer mastermind to understand, like, what he was doing. And the the law enforcement, the DEA and stuff like that, they're involved. There's like interstories of that. It's just like, oh, it is so fascinating. <laughs> I just literally want everybody to read this book. And I actually got this um, as a recommendation from my friend Carolyn Johnson, who is on YouTube under her name, Carolyn Johnson. And she's actually going to be on the podcast later this year. But that was her favorite book of 2021. And I had always talked about like, I used to read so much true crime. And I kind of stopped, I just fell off the bandwagon, started going into thrillers and stuff like that. And when she said that this true crime book was her favorite book of the year, I was like, this is my chance to hop back in. And I'm obsessed. Like, it might be (laughs) 
about the year. I don't even know. I'm just, oh my gosh. When you start Googling things about that you're reading and you mm-hmm. just want to talk to every single person, like my husband could care less what I'm reading. He is not a reader. <laughs> he doesn't care. But I'm literally like, no, you're going to sit there and listen to me tell you about this book because <laughs> it's just so <laughs> fascinating. So if you're a reader, oh, I love it. which if you're listening, you probably are. If you're not, okay. But if you are a reader, <laughs> check out this book. I'm going to have it linked in the show notes. Please check it out. Give it a chance. Trust me. It's so interesting. I'm only 100 pages in, but I'm saying this is going to be like in probably the top five favorite books of the year. Like I'm going to stretch it that far. Crazy, crazy. Ah! That's, that's awesome. Adding to TBR yes, right now. Yes, <laughs> please, please do. Before we jump into our top 10 most anticipated, I wanted to mention my Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast. It's the best place to get up-to-date information about new episodes and book discussions, podcast guests like Danielle, um, connect with other podcast listeners. And I'm trying to build like a bookish community. And I want you guys to be a part of that. Um, if you'd like to level up, consider joining Patreon for $5 a month. You get monthly bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, access to the Discord channel, voting power, reading vlogs, and more. It's a fun time over there. Wow. So keep in mind. Absolutely. Yeah, it. I mean, it's a lot of fun. We're having fun. Um, I hope that more people join. I think it would be lots of fun. Keep in mind, like I said at the beginning, that for organizational purposes, that we're going to share these in expected publication order. But that's all subject to change. We know how things go with publishing. (laughs) Okay, so do you want to kick us off? I think we're going to start in February since January is pretty much, you know, already over. So sure, absolutely. Um, So the first book that's on my radar that comes out in February is the second book in the Crescent City series by my favorite author, Sarah J. Math, um, which is called House of Sky and Breath. And that comes out on February 15th hopefully. Um, It follows the same characters, Bryce Quinlan and Hunter Althar, and they're trying to get back to normal. They face so much upheaval in their lives lately, and they just want a chance to relax. As they and their friends get pulled into the rebels' plans, their choice becomes clear. Stay silent while others are oppressed or fight for what's right. They've never been very good at staying silent. So, in this sexy, action-packed sequel to the number one bestseller, House of Earth and Blood, Sarah J. Mass weaves a captivating story about a world about to explode and the people who will do anything to save it. I've already pre-ordered it. I can't wait for it to come. I'm so excited. I'm going to be pre-ordering all of my top 10 and there are other books, but I definitely encourage you guys, if you have the ability, you know it's something that you're really anticipating, pre-order. It helps the author so much to do pre-orders, even if it's a really popular author it still supports them. It's a small thing that we can do. You're going to buy the book anyway. Why not pre-order it? Um, I know like some like bookshops, they'll even do like signed editions if you pre-order. Sometimes, you know, authors offer like swag or merch or things like that that go with pre-orders. So if you have the ability, pre-order. I love pre-ordering. 
So the next one that I want to um, throw in for February, and this is on Danielle's list too. So this is like, we're both looking forward to this one. It's The Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley. And that is the author of The Guest List. You guys might be familiar with that. I talk about it often. This one comes out on February 22nd. And in this one, we are following a young woman, Jess, who needs a fresh start. She's broke and alone, and she just left her job under less than ideal circumstances. Her half-brother Ben didn't sound thrilled when she asked if she could crash with him for a bit, but he didn't say no, and surely everything will look better from Paris. I mean, I would think so. (laughs) Only when she shows up to find a very nice apartment, but no Ben. So the longer Ben stays missing, the more Jess starts to dig into her brother's situation and the more questions she begins having. And she may have come to Paris to escape her past, but it's starting to look like Ben's future is the real question. Um, so our next one is one that we both yes. wanted to read as well. <laughs> um, it's This Might Hurt by Stephanie Robel. Uh, she's the author of Darling Rose Gold, and this comes out on February 22nd. Uh, this story follows two sisters, one trapped in the clutches of a cult and the other in the web of her own lies. Natalie Collins hasn't heard from her sister in more than half a year. The last time they spoke, Kit was slogging from mundane work days to obligatory happy hours to crying in the shower about their dead mother. She told Natalie that she was sure there was something more out there. Then she found Wisewood. On a, private, on a private island off the coast of Maine, Wisewood's guests commit to six-month stays. During this time, they're prohibited from contact with the rest of the world. No internet, no phone, no exceptions. But the rules are for a very good reason, to keep guests focused on achieving true fearlessness so that they can become their maximized selves. I love cult books. So as Me soon too. as I heard cult, I was like, Add it to the list because that's just a buzzword for me. I'm so fascinated by it. It just, I'm so interested in cults and why people join cults. And I've just been reading all of the culty things lately. So really into it. You sent me the Scientology book for Christmas, read it, Mm -hmm. loved it. I was so fascinated by it. It, It's Beyond Belief by Jenna Miscavige-Hill. And it's a nonfiction Mm -hmm. book. It's her memoir of her time in Scientology and her escape from Scientology. And if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, it should, because David Miscavige, the head of the church, this is his niece. And so it was a very close look, personal look. And I felt like I have read Troublemaker by Leah Remini, and I've also seen Leah Remini's... um, a&E special like back in the day I think it was like 2016 or something like that she did that mm-hmm. um and I felt that you could watch either the A&E special or read her book I don't think that you needed to do both and since she's an actress I preferred to actually watch the series but I still did enjoy the book it just didn't offer anything new but when mm-hmm. I read Beyond Belief now it was much chunkier um and it started like when she was like a young young child and it was fascinating it was just so it was exactly what I was looking for when I was looking for information about Scientology like it goes here's what happens to the children here's what happens when you're this age this is where you live this is I mean it was so fascinating so thanks for sending me that book so mentioning like cults and religious you know different things and stuff like that I'm all about that I don't want to call it a cult because it is a religion but Mm -hmm. you know some of us have named it (laughs) 
other things. Um, okay. Yeah. Getting off my soapbox. Okay. Moving on to March, The Night Shift by Alex Finlay. I'm just going to let you know this is the first book discussion of the podcast this year. So get it on your radar now. This is coming out on March 1st. So grab it. You know, get it early from your library if you can. We're going to be talking about it in April, um, April 4th. So look forward to that. On New Year's Eve, 1999, at a blockbuster video, throwback. Oh, that brings <laughs> me back. <laughs> Four teenage girls working the night shift are attacked. One survives. Police quickly, quickly identify a suspect who flees and is never seen again. 15 years later, in the same town, four teenage employees working late night at an ice cream store are attacked. And again, only one makes it out alive. Both surviving victims recall the killer speaking only a few final words. Good night, pretty girl. Oh, that just gave me I know. <laughs> In the <laughs> aftermath, three lives intersect. The survivor of the blockbuster massacre who's forced to relive her tragedy. The brother of the original suspect who's convinced the police have it wrong. And the FBI agent who's determined to solve both cases. On a collision course towards the truth, all three lives will forever be changed and not everyone will make it out alive. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. I know. So add it to your radar, people. It's going to be the first book discussion this year. I'm so <laughs> excited. So me and Sarah, we're going to come on. We're going to talk about it in depth. So try to read it before April 4th. But if not, it will always be there for you to go back and listen to. And the beginning part is always spoiler free anyway. So you can always like tune in. Um. So the next one, this is on both of our radar as well. Um, it's the book of cold cases by Simone St. James. And uh, she's the author of the Sundown Motel and the Broken Girls. Um, and this comes out on March 15th. And it follows one of my favorite tropes. This is one of mine too. That's why it's on our list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A true crime blogger gets more than she bargained for while interviewing the woman acquitted of two cold case slayings. In 1977, Claire Lake, Oregon, was shaken by the Lady Killer murders. Two men murdered with the same gun with strange notes left behind. Beth Greer was the perfect suspect, a rich, eccentric 23-year-old woman seen fleeing the scene of one of the crimes. But she was acquitted, and she retreated to the isolation of her mansion jump to Oregon 2017 Shay Collins is a receptionist but by night she runs a true crime website the book of cold cases when she meets Beth by chance Shay asks her for an interview to Shay's surprise Beth says yes they meet regularly at Beth's mansion though Shay is never comfortable there items move when she's not looking and she could swear she's seen a small girl outside the window the allure of learning the truth about the case from the smart, charming Beth is too much to resist, but even as they grow closer, Shay senses something isn't right. Is she making friends with a manipulative murderer, or are there other dangers lurking in the darkness of the Greer house? Ooh, it sounds so good. It sounds <laughs> it like, does. I think I'm just fascinated alone by the true crime blogger that's going to be like talking mm -hmm. to her. And I like that she's like receptionist by day, true crime blogger by night. So that alone just intrigues me. And like, I love cold cases in general. But then, mm -hmm. so you already have an interesting story, but then that other layer of like creepy things start happening when she's interviewing her at the mansion, that just yeah. adds like another layer. <laughs> Simone St. James writes such 
atmospheric, yes. creepy yes. books. So we're on to April then, yes. right? All right. So Emily St. John Mandel, author of Station Eleven, has a new book coming out April 5th, two days after my birthday, Ooh. which is so exciting. <laughs> um, and it's called Sea of Tranquility. Um, and this follows Edwin St. Andrew, and he's 18 years old when he crosses the Atlantic by steamship, exiled from polite society following an ill-conceived diatribe at a dinner party. He enters the forest, spellbound by the beauty of the Canadian wilderness, and suddenly hears the notes of a violin echoing in an airship terminal, an experience that shocks him to his core. Two centuries later, a famous writer named Olive Llewellyn is on a book tour. She's traveling all over Earth, but her home is the Second Moon Colony, a place of white stone, spired towers, and artificial beauty. Within the text of Olive's best-selling pandemic novel lies a strange passage. A man plays his violin for change in the echoing corridor of an airship terminal as the trees of the forest rise around him. When... Gaspary Jacques Roberts, a detective in the Night City, is hired to investigate an anomaly in the North American wilderness. He uncovers a series of lives appended. An exiled son of an earl driven to madness, a writer trapped far from home as a pandemic rages Earth, and childhood friend from the Night City who, like Gaspari himself, has glimpsed the chance to do something extraordinary that will disrupt the timeline of the universe. A virtuoso performance that is as human and tender as it is intellectually playful, Sea of Tranquility, is a novel of time travel and metaphysics that precisely captures the reality of our current moment. Whoa, let that sink in, guys. That is going to be intense. Yeah. So one layer, I was like, oh, that sounds so interesting. And then like the violin, that reminded me a little bit of Station Eleven. So I was like, oh my gosh, is it yes. going to have to do with that? And then you just kept going. And I was like, oh my gosh, she does that. That was in Station Eleven mm -hmm. where she has like different parts and they kind of like layer on top of each other. That sounds yeah. fascinating. Mm -hmm. I am so excited. I just think like colonies on the moon. I know. And cool. when you said that, I was like, what? Right? Because <laughs> you're on a steamboat. It was saying like yeah. the steamboat and then you go to the moon colony. I'm like, what's happening? Yep. So it's obviously got to be like different timelines or something like yeah, I'm just yeah. fascinated by that. I searched the entire internet to try to find a shorter one, but then it just wouldn't no, have done it justice. No, you need to know all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on to May, you guys knew it was going to be on here. Book Lovers by Emily Henry, author of The Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation. My queen, Emily Henry, is coming out with a new book on May 3rd. Um, and it's one summer, two rivals, a plot twist they didn't see coming. So you have Nora Stevens. Her whole life is books. She reads them all. She's a cutthroat literary agent known for landing enormous deals. For the month of August, she agrees to go to Sunshine Falls. Like, I just want to go there in North Carolina. So <laughs> Let's just go. Um, yes. Where her sister begs for a trip away. They want to do like a sister's trip. It's there that she keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra, a bookish brooding editor from back in the city. 
it would be a meet cute if not for the fact that they've met many, many times and it's never been cute. So I am here for the romance. <laughs> that sounds so cute. It does. I just think it's going to be like a good like enemies to lovers. And I just think she Ooh. writes really characters really well. And I've loved the couples from her previous books because they have like good backstories. They feel like actual people. And I just know it's going to be good. I just know it is. <laughs> In keeping with that, Casey McQuiston has a new book <laughs> coming out in May as well. <laughs> so Casey McQuiston is the author of Red, White, and Royal Blue, and they have a new book coming out called I Kissed Shara Wheeler, and that comes out May 3rd as well. This follows Chloe Green. She is so close to winning. After her moms moved from Southern California to Alabama for high school, she spent the last four years dodging gossipy classmates and a puritanical administration at Willow Grove Christian Academy. The thing that's kept her going is winning valedictorian. Her only rival, prom queen Cheryl Wheeler, the principal's perfect progeny. But a month before graduation, Shara kisses Chloe and vanishes. Uh Uh-oh! Right? (laughs) And drama ensues. (laughs) And drama ensues. I love that. Wow. Um, Did you see that um, there was going to be a special edition of Red, White, and Royal Blue? It was announced on Casey McQuiston's Instagram. And it's really pretty. It's just like, I think it's like a light blue color and it has like fireworks on it. I don't know like too much about it, but I just saw that recently. So you'll have to check that out. All right. On to the next one. So the next book that I just wanted to talk about real quick is The Book of Night by Holly Black. Um, Holly Black is the author of the Folk of the Air series, amongst many other series and standalones. Um, But this is her first foray into adult novels. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's supposed to be along the same vein of Ninth House and the Night Circus as well. Um, And it follows Charlie Hall. In Charlie Hall's world, shadows can be altered for entertainment and cosmetic preferences, but also to increase power and influence. You can alter someone's feelings and memories, but manipulating shadows has a cost with the potential to take hours or days from your life. Your shadow holds all of the parts of you that you want to keep hidden. A second self standing just to your left, walking behind you into lit rooms. And sometimes it has a life of its own. With sharp angles and prose and a sinister bent, Holly Black is a master of shadow and story stitching. Remember while you read, light isn't playing tricks in Book of Night. The people are. Oh, dun dun dun. Right? <laughs> oh, this is another like super layered story. It has so many like good buzzwords in there. Yeah. And I love that she's finally like going to adult. I love that. When they've been like writing for a young adult for so long, and then it's like kind of the audience that really fell in love with them are reading more adult now. So then they hop over to adult. Love that for us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm so excited for this one. I loved, loved Ninth House. And anything along the same veins as Ninth House, sign me up. Because you guys know I flip back and forth between like thriller and romance. Um, Something Wilder by Christina Lauren. Another one you knew was going to be on my list. So this one is filled with adventure, treasure, and of course, love. Growing up, the daughter of a notorious treasure hunter and absentee father, Lily has no patience for the profession. 
or much money in the bank. But Lily is nothing if not resourceful, and now she uses Duke's coveted hand-drawn maps to guide tourists on fake treasure hunts <laughs> through huh. the Red Rock Canyons of Utah. Leo Grady knew mirages were a thing in the desert, but they'd barely left civilization when the silhouette of his greatest regret comes into focus in the flickering light of the campfire. Ready to leave the past behind him, Leo wants nothing more than to reconnect with his first and only love. Unfortunately, Lily Wilder is all business, drawing a clear line in the sand. It's never going to happen. Is it never going to happen, Lily? (laughs) But when the trip goes horribly and hilariously wrong, the group wonders if maybe the legend of the hidden treasure wasn't a gimmick after all. That sounds so good. Uh, I think it does sound a little bit different. Like, I like the adventure Mm -hmm. and the treasure hunting. Now, in June, we both have one book that we are both so pumped for. Like, you don't even know how pumped we are for this. (laughs) Um, My personal favorite thriller author, don't know about you, but I love this author. A hundred percent. The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. June 28th. So almost July. You know, almost July, but June, June nonetheless. And last year, his book kept getting pushed. So I'm hoping, please, June, 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 because I'd also like this to be a book discussion on the podcast. Anyway, (laughs) so this one, it kind of sounds similar to The Woman in the Window and The Girl on the Train. So maybe if you like those things, you can check out this one as well. So this one is a woman reeling from a great loss with too much time on her hands and too much booze in her clap. Too much booze. Is that a thing? I don't think so. Okay, I'm gonna okay, I, let's 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 correct that. A woman reeling from a great loss <laughs> with too much time on her hands and some booze in her glass watches her there neighbors <laughs> sees things she shouldn't see and starts to suspect the worst. Casey Fletcher, a recently widowed actress trying to escape a streak of bad press, has retreated to her family's lake house in Vermont. Armed with a pair of binoculars and several bottles of liquor, she passes the time watching Kate and Tom Royce, the glamorous, it's not Kate, it's Catherine, Catherine and Tom Royce, the glamorous couple living in the house across the lake. Everything about the Royces seems perfect. Their marriage, their house, but when Catherine suddenly vanishes, Casey becomes obsessed with finding out what happened to her. In the process, she discovers the darker truths lurking just beneath the surface of the Royces' picture-perfect marriage. That sounds so good. I know. I just, it's going to be another summer read. You know it is. It's going to be so good. I'm going to love it. I already know it. So yeah, oh, I just I love books that follow that that trope mm-hmm. of like the rear window and mm-hmm. oh, have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Yep, the Alfred Hitchcock. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, I love all that kind yeah. of stuff. That I mean, this is like <laughs> yes, it's the same plot. It's rinse, recycle, repeat. But I love that plot, so I'm gonna read yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, me too. <laughs> All right. I don't have anything on my radar for, I mean, I probably do have something on my radar for July, but not in my top 10. So we're moving on to August. And guys, this one sounds so intriguing. Listen up. This is Stay Awake by Megan Golden. It comes out August 9th. And if you don't know who Megan Golden is, she wrote The Night Swim. And I know Danielle is looking forward to this one too. This one mm-hmm. sounds wild 
All right, so we're following Liv Reese, and she wakes up in the back of a taxi with no idea where she is or how she got there. She's dropped off at the door of her brownstone, and a stranger answers the door. A stranger who now lives in her apartment and forces her back out into the cold, like, go away, I live here, who are you? You're a stranger, get out of here. She reaches for her phone to call for help, only to discover it's missing, and in its place is a blood-stained knife. What? I know. That's when she sees that her hands are covered in black pen, scribbled messages like graffiti on her skin saying, stay awake. Oh my So this is how it's opening, I'm assuming, you know? Yeah. And then two years ago, Liv was living with her best friend, dating a new man, and thriving as a successful writer for a trendy magazine. Now she's lost and disoriented in New New York City that looks nothing like what she remembers. What did she do last night? And why does she remember nothing from the past two years? So it's in the vein of S.J. Watson's Before I Go to Sleep and Christopher Nolan's cult classic Memento. Love that movie. So this one, it's going to be an electrifying novel that plays with memory and murder. Oh, that sounds so good. Uh, the second you said, like, the stay awake on I her know. skin, I was like, memento, memento. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that oh. one just sounds so good. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this other than me talk about it, because I haven't heard anybody <laughs> else talk about this author. But Jean Meltzer, um, she wrote The Matzo Ball. And that was one of my favorite books of last year. It came out of left field, was not expecting it fell in love with it. And she has a new book coming out this year. It's called Mr. Perfect on Paper. In this one, a third generation Jewish matchmaker who unwittingly finds her own search for love thrust into the spotlight. So as the creator and CEO of the popular Jewish dating app, Mate, matchmaker Daria, I don't know how to say her last name. How would you say that? Rabinowitz? Something like that. Rabinowitz? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, knows the formula for lasting love, at least for everyone else. When it comes to her own love life, she's been idling indefinitely. As a non-Jewish single dad, Chris doesn't check any of Daria's boxes, but her hunt for Mr. Perfect is the ratings to boost his show that he desperately needs. So if Chris could ignore his own pesky attraction to Daria... A task much easier said than done when Dara starts questioning if perfect on paper can compete with how hard she's falling for Chris. I never did this myself, but a lot of my girlfriends always said, like, this is what I want my perfect partner to look like. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. whether it was a guy or a girl, it didn't matter. But they always had, like, I want him to be like this and I want him to be like this. So it sounds like that's what this main character has done. And I think I was saying Daria, but it's Dara or D-A-R-A anyway. We're confu- I'm confused about the name. The point is, <laughs> is that she has a list of all these things like she wants him to be like a doctor, or a lawyer, preferably a doctor. And she wants him to be, you know, single, oh. no baggage and all this. So when this guy comes along, he's like a single dad, uh, no kids. You know, she doesn't want the person to have kids. And he has mm-hmm. a single dad, like, and he's not Jewish. She definitely wasn't thinking like this is going to be the one. But, you know, it's going to be the one. And it's just like, 
It sounds so good. Yeah. As a single person traversing the world as it is right now, my ideal mate has been ripped up, tossed <laughs> out, no, no, and it's just <laughs> no such thing. No more. So <laughs> no such I'm thing. Never, I was never one of those people to have like a list. Like I want to be like tall or short or brown hair or blonde hair or like I mean I guess I would always say that I've always wanted to be around like funny people. I love humor yes. and my husband is really funny, but I never said like mm-hmm. they have to be funny. But that was one thing yeah. that like attracted me to him. But I've never had the list. But I would suggest if you do yeah. have a list, maybe reconsider because I'm going to tell you nine times out of 10, you're not going to get what you're looking for. You're going to get something so much better when you find exactly. it. So just, yeah. just trust me. <laughs> I've been in some crappy relationships, guys. And when you find Damn. your Mr. Perfect, it's definitely not because he's perfect on paper. <laughs> Our last one. I can't believe it. I mean, oh, this has just been, this has been so fun. Anyway, our last one is The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. And she's the author of In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife. Um, And this comes out on August 16th. And it's on both Gwen and my radar. We're both so excited for this. Yeah. So it follows a woman determined to destroy a powerful cult and avenge the deaths of women taken in by it, no matter the cost. While in college in upstate New York, Shay Evans and her best friends meet a captivating man who seduces them with a web of lies about the way the world works, bringing them under his thrall. By senior year, Shay and her friend Laurel were the only ones who managed to escape. Now, eight years later, Shay has built a new life in, a, in Texas suburbia. But when she hears the horrifying news of Laurel's death, delivered of all ways by her favorite true crime podcast crusader, it. <laughs> it's just more of our favorite things, yeah. <laughs> she begins to suspect that the past she thought buried is still very much alive and the predators more dangerous than ever. Recruiting the help of the podcast host, Shay goes back to the place she vowed to never return to in order to search for answers. As she follows the threads of her friends' lives, she is pulled into a dark, seductive world where wealth and privilege shield brutal philosophies that feel all too familiar. When Shay's obsession with uncovering the truth becomes so consuming that she can no longer separate her desire for justice from darker desires newly reawakened, she must confront the depths of her own complicity and conditioning. I mean, cult, true crime podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here for it. Yeah. And to be, have you read In My Dreams of Hold a Knife? I haven't okay. yet, but I, it's like super high on my radar. I'm just waiting for it to come in from the library. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm the outlier. I, I wasn't a huge fan. I mean, it was okay. okay. I mean, mm-hmm. and I talked about this in my hyped episode about does hype affect reading experience? The hype was way too high. It was uh-huh. it was sky high. People were saying like best thriller of the year. I mean, I had people like messaging me saying you need to read this book. You need to read this book. You're going to love it. And I uh-huh. liked it. I mean, I did. I just didn't love it, you know? And considering yeah. that the audiobook wasn't available, so I had to read it physically and it took some time and I was just like and it wasn't like a unique story. Not that there was anything wrong with that, but 
I was just kind of like, what were people so drawn to about this book? I'm still a little confused on like what people loved about it. Maybe it's the Mm -hmm. first book they read like this or, you know, whatever. But I mean, I didn't like not like her writing. It's just that particular story didn't, you know, sell me. But I'm obviously willing to give her another chance. This one, Cult True Podcast, it sounds amazing. So I'm hoping, and the cover is gorgeous. Definitely something about this one that's like pulling me in that I wanted to put it on this list to show that I can give authors another chance. I don't like write them off. But you will also notice that a lot of my books are, except for the Stephanie Warble from um, the beginning part of the episode, um, all of these are Uh like authors I've read from before. That's how they make it on this list. I mean, it's books that I've read from before. I know what their writing is like and stuff like that. That's how I know I'm Uh like, there's a good chance I'm going to like this book. As long as they deliver what they're selling here, (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree with you there. I mean, I, most of the ones that I added to it are authors that I've read from before and loved. Sarah J. Mass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and it's that's how they get the the hype. I feel like mm-hmm. that's warranted. Yeah, and hopefully this one ends up living up to that. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, I wanted to shout out my patrons: Marisol, Danielle, Jesse, Ellie, Jordan, Patty, Lena, Mandy, and Angel. Your support means the absolute world to me. We've been sharing our anticipated book releases on Discord, and it's a great way to find someone to buddy read with or to chat about a specific book with. Consider joining the fun and become a night owl for five dollars a month did any of these books mentioned today spark your interest would any of these make awesome book discussions like i mentioned hint hint some of them are book discussions this year <laughs> let me know what you think my patrons actually voted on which books we're going to be discussing this year so that's one of the powers that you have when you join patreon you get to help pick which books we're going to read so they helped me decide which books i would be discussing and i'm really excited with their choices check out the notes of today's show for the links to danielle's social media we're going to have her tiktok link down there go give her all the support (laughs) she deserves it i'm also going to have all of the books linked and consider leaving the podcast a review and rating it on spotify that's a new thing they started mid-december they kind of it flew like under the radar a little bit because it was like right around christmas time you know but now if you listen on spotify you can't leave a review but you can rate it as long as you listen to like 30 seconds of an episode you have an ability to rate the podcast i'm going for a full five star here you guys (laughs) (laughs) every single review and rating helps it's so easy to do. If you have any questions, hop over to the Instagram at Talkbookish Podcast. I have a frequently asked questions highlight. Check that and I give you all of the deets. Thank you again for joining me, Danielle. It's always such a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for having me. I I have been looking forward to this for months and it lived it far surpassed my expectations. I love it. And I can't wait to see you this summer in person, hopefully. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. We're going to have literally the best time. And thank you so, so much for this. I love coming on this podcast. I love listening to your podcast. And it's just so so much fun mm-hmm. talking about books <laughs> with such a good friend. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, happy reading.